happy Thursday. Um, not that I'm happy about it, but happy end of October. This is our last show of the month of October. So happy, uh, happy celebration that we made it through October. Y'all know what I'm trying to get at. Um, but happy, just, you know, I'm always trying to spread positivity. And, you know, it's so a lot of times I've gotten on here and told y'all that I needed to uh, feed off of your energy. Um, and today is a day that I, I'm just, I'm all right. Okay, can I just be all right? Because I'm all right. So welcome or welcome back to another episode of the B-Mix right here only on BigSchoolsRadio.com. You already know who Thursday nights at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time are for everybody. The unseen, the unheard, the overlooked, the forgotten, whether it be the forgotten part of you or for the person that does not belong anywhere, me, B. So welcome and or welcome back. Um, in the spirit of welcoming, welcome back our special guest, Jasmine. She back, y'all. We ain't scared off yet. Ain't that exciting? Welcome back, welcome back, welcome back. <laughs> Don't like that a little. Uh, all right. Anyway, it didn't work, but it's fine. But, okay. Jazz, you're muted. I was really going in. Oh, man. Okay, sorry. Go, look, go back. Go back and go in. <laughs> so yeah, I was saying, um, dang, I lost what I was wondering. Oh was man. Saying, um, thank you for having me back. And every week I'm always still surprised that you want to have me. Back. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I appreciate it. <laughs> oh no, we appreciate you. I mean that. I sincerely mean that. So I'm always excited. Like I'm so humbled to be like, you would say yes, like just every time. That's amazing. Like I just I don't know. It's me. I'm well, I love kid. our conversation, so it's never... On and off the camera. I mean that, for real. And then it's so crazy. It, this will probably sound crazy, but um, just follow my crazy mindset. Um, that I love our conversation so much. Like, I don't know if you peeped, but earlier, because, y'all, we'd be talking, we literally be talking, like, in the same day of the show. Um, and so, earlier, I think I... Met, it was earlier or yesterday recently um and i kind of like mentioned a little bit of um of the show like the topic right mm-hmm. up, and then i was like i want to leave it right there because i wanted it to be i appreciate our conversation so much that sometimes i don't even want to like touch on anything <laughs> about the show because i'm like no i want people to get how like raw and authentic and organic which one the push of the show is but just how our conversations you know are and that's really always what i'm trying to you know the environment that i'm always working to cultivate here on the B-Mix, whether it's, you know, just me kind of just going on for nine minutes or having, you know, a guest, like, I just always wanted to just be like, nah, that's it, because we have some really good conversations, so, <laughs> you know, um, but yeah, so, okay, so I'm sorry, y'all, without further ado, before we get into the topic, because I was about to go into that before we do that, though, of course, I want to share our um, moment of a history, a history of racial injustice, um, by Equal Justice Initiative, uh, my favorite calendar. It's so crazy, y'all. It's literally just a few pages. But, like, we are at the end of the year. That is mind-blowing. Um, mind-blowing and relieving. Like, relief. A sense of relief at, at the same time. I'll probably... 2022 is supposed to be the year of manifestation. Come on! Husband, I love you. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. These things think. <laughs> because. Same here, girl. Okay, look, you said TC22. What's going on? What you doing on February 2nd? Like, come on. All right, sorry. 
<laughs> sorry, but not sorry. Just saying. So if my husband watching, I see you. But um, <laughs> so uh, yeah, I'm sorry, y'all. So the a moment of our history of racial injustice. Um, yeah, racial injustice. I thought I said that incorrectly. Um, so on this day in 1958, so October 28, 1958, a mob of white men in Monroe, North Carolina, um, threatens to lynch James Thompson, a nine-year-old black boy, after a white girl kissed him on a cheek. He is later arrested and jailed for three months. Let me tell you what it's, it's going to sound really off, but I promise in my own way of thinking that is connected, is that again, the year for this moment um, today is in 1958, and my mother uh, was born 1957. So it makes me think of, so the fact that she'll be, what, 64 this year? Um, it makes me think of the fact that, for the fact that it's so recent in a sense of someone born around that time is still living, right? So it's not like, it's like, oh, it's so long ago that people, anybody born around that time is gone. Like it's not 1858. It's not eight, 18, Like it's, it's very recent. Like, yes, we can say, oh, 64 or 60 something years ago, but it's recent enough, you know? And so to know that it's just like office, I try not to water these moments down on either side because I'm just very like considered just all angles of everything but still like it baffles me of like because of girl kissed him on the cheek y'all finna lynch him like it, right. it, of right. course it makes me think of the mindset of people because this is not just one person it's that I, I, I always read into the words of it like it, it makes sure it gives us the uh, picture paints the picture that's a mob of white men like so these are grown men a group of them at that, you know, so a man, you know, supposed to be the head, supposed to be the leader, you know, just something to lead. I mean, get someone to follow, like all of that. And off of the girl initiating, you know, and, and a kiss on the cheek, something as simple as innocent that doesn't say the age, but either way, just a girl kissing the black boy in the cheek. And it's like just the utter disgust for them. Like, oh, no, this cannot happen. We have to lynch him. And still, so apparently he was not lynched, though. They um, threatened to lynch him, but he was still later arrested and jailed for three months at nine years old. Just saying. like, It's so funny that you said that because you think about the mindset of people. And I always think about that you because, not. like you said, your mom is living. Right. People who were alive during that time are still living. Right. And so I always am surprised when I meet really old, nice white men. <laughs> Listen. And I'm always like, if I'm like going into a store and they're like, oh, let me hold the door for you. Oh, da -da 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 -da. how are you? Like, and I'm just like, oh, he must have been one of the allies. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, but see, my, I, I get it. I do. And I, and that that's the thing, though. That's the thing about mindset, because it makes you consider it at all, like at every step, every part, you know, of life, every corner of a circle is, is how I like to say it. Like just every part where you think that you don't even have to consider mindset, because then I'm <laughs> me being a thinker, you know, I, I could relate, right, of having that um, situation where you're like, oh, okay, wow, that must have been, you must have been one of them cool hippie, like, appreciate you, bro. But and then I think like, or, you know, have you had a change of heart? Like, you know, good. I just, I don't know. I'd be my yeah. So just, 
Man, it really it's, it's just wild what, what we're forced to have to consider. That's why the fact that, thank God, that in some capacity we are, we have moved away and made some progress from just the idea of like, oh, why y'all always bring up color? Because we still hear it, but it's not yeah. as much as we used to always hear it. And so it's like, we, you can't help it because of the fact that we've been oppressed for so long and that we're still living, you know, in it right. and supposed to be thriving within it. You cannot help but consider it, like I said, at every corner of the circle. Like, I, I got to consider it because it's it's there for me because y'all have taunted us with our own color, our own differences. You've taunted us with them for so long that I have to consider them. And I'm not even, even in my consideration, I'm not being inconsiderate or insensitive. Y'all just decided yeah. to see us as different and see us as threats. Oh my goodness, that makes me think of something I shared with you uh, yesterday when we were talking, I think it was yesterday, um, of a conversation, y'all, just to put it on a little bit, conversation I had recently. I have, my spirit has been fed. Like, get to a point, y'all, where you can receive somebody feeding and pouring into your spirit. That is just... I guess you can say this beat tip of the week, but I just had to throw that out there. So I was telling Jazz um, just yesterday, it was it was a conversation that I had either earlier that day or the day before. All these days are running together for me. Um, all I know is that tomorrow's Friday and I don't have to pack Sydney's lunch. That's all I keep it kept in mind all week. <laughs> so, um, but um, there was a conversation and, uh, oh man, what was the part? What did I just say about the, about the mindsets? Um, Hold on, let me go to my notes, y'all, because I, I I lost it. I was trying to intro it so I wouldn't it wouldn't sound so left field, and then I kind of lost it. What did he say? What did he say? Oh, there it is. So he was telling me it's not in my notes, but thank God it just came back to me. So, um, it was I happened to share with him about y'all know I didn't told you a little bit about just how I left or what was going on before I left my uh, former employment, and um, long story short, older middle aged ish. A uh, black woman came in just like gunning for my neck immediately, like immediately. Um, and so the gentleman in me, told, that was all he knew of me though, me just explaining. And I'm never the person, I hope that even y'all get this from me that when I explain something, even that's very personal to me, that I still try to, I'm a very unbiased person. So I try to really give a full circle, you know, a full story, right? And so Anywho, just when he mentioned, so me telling him that and just kind of answering his question, he had said, he said, you know, it sounds like um, that, you know, she saw parts of, because he wound up asking, he said, you know, is she older? And I said, yeah. And I said, and black, like, isn't that crazy? And as soon as I said that, he said, it sounds like she came in and saw parts of herself in you that, you know, she missed out on, like that she missed the opportunity. And so even when we think of, when we were talking about, um, you know, just these, the the older generations, uh, right? I'm just even cut our, of, within our community or even the the others um, that it's like the intimidation is such a, it, long story short is that it made me reconsider the power or the hold that intimidation really can have over people. And then we're even talking about groups of people, large groups of people, you know, the masses, like that's what's wild to me. So all of that to get to that point of saying that it just made me revisit the idea and concept of intimidation. Go ahead, Jay. That was so funny that you brought that portion of what we talked about up because one of the things that I wanted to say in relation to, you know, people from that generation or older generations, mm -hmm. uh, just like how we wonder how the mindset of those 
white counterparts Mm -hmm. also wondering about the mindset of even the black community because during that time there was a lot of conditioning taking place on black people as a whole and also creating a divide where you know you have the black privileged people and then you have the people really in the in the gutter part of it right like the heart of the struggle and so Mm -hmm. Recently, I realized that, you know, during the Martin Luther King era, Malcolm X era, there were, you would think, like, how the story is told now is, like, all Black people were on board. (laughs) Like, everybody was with it. There were people who were not with certain things and felt like they were doing too much and they were stepping out of line and not keeping themselves in a position to ultimately potentially maybe be safe because, you know, they still prey on us as black people regardless even if you do everything right sometimes yep Yep. you get pulled into some stuff and so just thinking about that and what what you just said about the intimidation and the way that we were talking about earlier about breaking generational curses and the behaviors of the this generation of us intimidating maybe some people from older generations who didn't have the courage to address some of those things because we don't really fully know who in our family line was with the quote unquote it's but you know right right some of them might not have been and so now here you are stepping out of line and saying no I'm not going to take this anymore or I don't this this does not feel right to me whether it's coming from a black person who could have been could be in that conditioning Mm -hmm. right and then the white people who could also be in that condition. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's good. I'm so glad that you brought up our conversation. And I didn't even think really to revisit our conversation from earlier. But now that you brought that up, it makes me think of the part where um, earlier when we were talking, where I said that, as we know, it, it's what's so crazy about how life goes is that no matter who the oppressed is, right? So we can go versus sexism, uh, colorism, like just different, you know, isms, right? And so whoever the oppressed is still somehow finds themselves in a place. And I think it must be an innate sense of, uh, I guess, or innate response um, as just as humans to respond from our place of like, well, this hurt me. So let me try to feed this, you know, in a lighter way, in a better, maybe in a higher vibrate. Look, I'm speaking out stuff that's not really my my place, but I know I'm, I look, I'm, I'm in a place where I'm, I'm with you. So I know you got me, right? So you'll get me together. Yeah, definitely higher vibration. Right, right. So, <laughs> so it's like, it's like the oppressed comes from a place of like, and mind you, again, innate. So like a natural response. It's like, you know what, let me respond in a way like this hurt me. So let me try to get you to understand. I'm not going to, I don't even want to yell and scream at you if that's what you did that hurt me. I really want to mm-hmm. feed this to you in a way to where you would mm-hmm. get this mm-hmm. because I mm-hmm. got it, but it's mm-hmm. not in the way that I needed or wanted to receive it or may not have mm-hmm. needed to receive whatever that was in the first place. If mm-hmm. it was clear, right? About just human interaction. If y'all can't mm-hmm. tell, I'm really, I really like pay attention to human interaction. I mm-hmm. promise it's probably Sydney about to come downstairs and ask me to open her chocolate milk. Um, and so, so it makes me think of earlier where I was saying um, 
Uh, and I only just said that because it made me think of everything else we've already talked about. And then this part that we were talking about earlier in our conversation where I was saying about just as far across the generations. So where um, we, again, as the chosen generation, as the generation that has, you know, been prepared, you know, from some, wherever we came from, where you were made from, who the creator, where he pulled you from and, and prepared you for. Um, and this is going to take us into our topic for tonight that, um, that we were prepared for such a time as this, right? So again, the, the, the cold generation, chosen generation, that we still have a responsibility to try to convey a message to the generations before us. And, mm-hmm. And we have to, we well, we find ourselves, and I, I can say have to, we find ourselves feeling the need. Um, some people are more frustrated than others, so some people really don't care and think, that, look, I'm going to talk to the old people if I want to because they ain't get it or they ain't do this. I said, uh, um, I get it, but uh, I don't agree. Um, but as, a, as I think as a consensus or as the masses, the majority of us um, that really understand the mission and the, and the goal um, and, and the movement is to try to convey the message, even though it's a tough conversation to have, not on our end. And we're the ones that, you know, might have been messed up by the, well, are, you know, or have been or working from, you know, the mess up that we have been thrown into and fallen into from the past generations that, um, you know, we have to convey to them that it's like, hey, you know, from generations before us, y'all have operated from places of just survival alone. And let's just stay there, that y'all are mostly operated from levels of, you know, survival, which we get and can, you know, pay homage to and respect, but we cannot stay there. But what we really needed was for each generation before us to operate from a place of strategy for generations to come. So now that's what's on us. That's the heavy part that's on us. So we have moved just again from, you know, intergenerational, we have moved from a place of survival to strategy. And that Mm -hmm. if, if you need a B tip of the week, like so far, that is it. Like we are shifting you know, the atmosphere, we are shifting our mindsets, you know, shifting our hearts, shifting just everything around us, shifting aura, shifting energy, whatever it is that you are into, you're shifting it regardless. Um, And that shift, you know, takes heed to the change that is inevitable that is around us. The fact that we have to adapt to new environments and, and to, you know, just to embrace, you know, we say embrace the, uh, uh, the process and things like that, like all of that, all that's intertwined into one. So please don't think that if you are in one corner, you know, um, I like to think of like, you know, we, what, especially growing up in high school, we really didn't understand it, but like we would think of like the the kids that um, were still in our same school, even in our same grade, um, that maybe, you know, by the time of high school, people were like some, there was a group that was like into goth or like anime and stuff. And then mm-hmm. But then they're so far removed from the the popular kid or the jock. But it's like, really, no matter what corner you find yourself in. So for the people that, oh, I'm, you know, I'm dealing with just crystals or I only believe in Christ or I only believe in that, like wherever, whatever corner you are finding yourself in, the mission is still about adapting to the inevitable change and shifting the atmosphere to a more positive one and going forward, forward motion. We talk about this like 
I don't know, months ago, I think, but at least weeks ago, just about forward motion. And so yeah. it's keeping that in mind. And so even for, not even, especially for us, this chosen generation that we have to be clear about the fact that we are, we're right in the middle, whatever that word is, like just of right yeah. in the middle from coming from generations of survival yeah. and moving us into you know, generations to come from us, starting with us, to come from us of generations of strategy. Yeah. What we are doing now is that we are paving and repaving, you know, not to take away from anything that was laid, any foundation that was laid before us, but repaving the legacy that we've been given to, mm-hmm. you know, hand it off just in a much better, either the the handoff is what needs to be better. So when you mentioned that we talked about generational curses, is have you even, have you ever, and this is for those of you out there, like, have you even thought to identify the actual generational curses that, you know, were bestowed upon or that, that exists within your families? Not everybody's are the same. We have a lot of similarities, but have you thought to do that? I know I have, like, I wear them like okay I, I know this happens <laughs> like I see this I see that and then the, I mean if you don't identify it and acknowledge it then most of my ever you know make a plan of attack go ahead definitely in the earlier we talked about my father's side of the family but I think the worst generational curses are on my mom's side of the family like just behavior wise um so that's a good you know, one my yeah, they're very um, aggressive and very like, you know, like, I don't know, they can be kind of like snooty, but, and like, it's something that I've kind of noticed. They frown down, frown upon other people, but they like, like to put themselves above other people. Okay. And that's something that is like, something that I continuously notice in like different relatives within my immediate family and even still one of my recently I learned like a story of like my grandmother's story my great grandmother's story of like we all they her and her siblings were all from the hood she didn't want to live in the hood anymore and she worked hard to get her way out of the hood bringing up all generations behind her in a better predicament than her siblings and so them just within the family feeling like they are better than my other relatives just because they didn't grow up in the hood. They didn't grow up rich. They just didn't grow up in the hood. And so then there's a thing where it's kind of like, I even noticed just like when we intermingle with each other, um, my immediate family always still carrying that weight and even just as close as my cousin who is only 10 years older than me mm-hmm. and even my aunt who is a little bit more down to earth but she doesn't live here so we don't really have to she doesn't intermingle often basically but also my grandmother and so even though my grandmother does it in a different way she does it through her religion and so she does this separation but she also separates herself from everybody in that way and so almost in a way of she she judges people and so she looks down on them and she instead of being operating out of a place of love and positive positivity she's oh I wouldn't go around that person because of this or because of that and it's like we're all still family and you can heal each other through love Mm, and and not judge somebody based off of their experiences especially if it's a product of where they grew up 
Yeah. And so that's that's important to me and it always has been. And I think like we were talking, we talked about this yesterday mm -hmm. of me growing up in three different types of environments. And so originally living with a single mom and then living with grandparents in the county. And even though my mom didn't necessarily live in the hood, my grandmother didn't live in Baltimore. So my one of my aunts who did watch me and my brother a lot. And so I spent a good amount of time down there, even though I didn't live there. And then, then coming to a whole entire county surrounding and then going back into the city, but still having the struggles of a low income household. And so I think that I have been blessed to experience all of those experiences so that I can relate to each um, perspective group of the Black community in a different way and and not place judgment and and sometimes and also being exposed to working in social services where i really got to experience the differences in people's demeanor people's abilities and realizing how many people weren't able to read and learning how people weren't computer literate and seeing the lack and wanting to help contribute to it instead of look down on the person who came from somewhere where they probably didn't have the access or grew up in a family who didn't care about it. And ultimately that is a result of generational curses for that group of black community of having parents who don't care about their children or don't have the time to cater to their children because they have to go to work or don't or have a drug problem which is a disease and now this child is ultimately still being neglected and then increasing the amount of whatever whether it be selling drugs or gang activity and people just trying to find money in a community to embrace them ultimately and feel seen and loved that's good jazz that's that's good man i appreciate that um, I had a whole lot, like, just, it's gone now, but I had, like, I legit, like, just parts of it, I was like, yes, yes, yes. Um, one thing I at least want to point out is that, um, was, we talked about this on the beat mix. I don't know. It's all running together, y'all. So I'm gonna keep saying recently, but it could have been a while ago. Um, we talked about, um, I'm gonna say recipes. That's not it. Maybe that word, I'll work on that later, but uh, resumes, that's the word I was looking for. That we talked about resumes just as far as like the deposits that are made. And so you talked about that as far as the three different, um, you know, said uh, environments that you grew up within. And then even speaking to like uh, your work experience of just these different deposits within your life that you, y'all know y'all know ain't never gonna be an episode of the beaming so i'm not gonna mention self-reflection like in some way shape or form that you've done some reflection to get you to the place where you're able to then put those pieces together because we can have those the, the deposits are literally puzzle pieces you know that are they're not they're handed to us but we have to put them in place in a sense like we have to work to be like oh shoot this doesn't fit here i'm trying to use this deposit of my life and apply it here but it doesn't if it's ever if you've ever been talking to someone and sharing something and even what you heard and you think like oh, okay if i share this this should do that and it could be something so off the the wall or a tangent that helps them to piece what you're trying to put together when what you thought you know how you thought y'all would connect isn't what really helped to piece that together. So it's like 
you know, about the when you're younger and you're when you're learning motor skills and you're trying to put uh, the wrong piece in the wrong place, you know, it just doesn't fit, although it's a part of the puzzle. So meaning that that deposit is worth something because I don't know about nobody else and it could be my OCD. But I really, 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 because I like puzzles, I really, really, really hate to put a puzzle together and be missing a piece. And I'm side eye my daughter, definitely side eye in Sydney, because <laughs> there are definitely times, or it's really a cousin, but whatever, all of them. And somehow they, they were everywhere. Right. Like they leave a piece or two, and I hate it. We put a puzzle together, I'm like, bro, why she only got one eye? I hate it. It looked crazy. Um, but so, meaning that. And once that puzzle is even finished, if that piece that you did not fit correctly, or if you lost or missed that opportunity um, to piece that puzzle together, then it it, just, it doesn't look right. Mm-hmm. It's not as complete as it really could be. Whereas mm-hmm. you might have the border, but you're missing that one little piece, and it's just like, dang, it make it look like she got a you know a, a, a I don't know a pig snort, snout, but. Really, she got a pretty no, I don't know, whatever. Like it just it just throws it off. And so I appreciate that you talked about just the deposits in your life. Um, and that you have done that it takes work, the work that we're always talking about here on the B Mix, that it takes this type of work to be able to put these pieces together that helps to then align yourself to help you, you know, in your forward motion. You know, you don't want to be moving forward, but feeling like you're going backwards or moving forward and be so exhausted. Yes, it is, it can be exhausting work. But you're not necessary if you're doing the right thing, especially just, you know, yielding to your creator and, you know, all of the necessary pieces in that time and yielding to the time that you have no control over. He, he really won't allow you to feel so exhausted. Like God does something. And I'm sure it's in the Bible. And I, I know I'm mostly bad at misquoting scripture, so I'm getting better working on it. But I know for sure. There is a scripture that mentions about um, basically the idea of that he will, you know, elongate your days, like not just in the number of days, right? And things that you can do, like for him to do that and to add days to your life, but more so of like the time, the, the 24 hours that you have within a day, you know, he will, if you are doing, you know, things and seeking him and just doing all the right things that you are supposed to be doing, which could be some of those things that we think are so small. Um, but I like to think of them as like small monumental you know, things that we can do. Like while it might be a small act to you, it's it's monumental. It it, it might have placed a staple in your life to help propel you forward or you just never know. And so as you are continuing to do, you know, good works for yourself and for others that he will not allow you to. And yes, you have days where then I guess when he allows you to feel exhausted, then that's a reminder to be like, hey, you also got to get some rest too. Like you got to get some sleep. You got to take care of yourself. So it's a lot for us to do at all times, but it's all of that to say is that it's well worth the weight and um, it takes us into, and like I said, what I was saying earlier, and then even what Jazz just said, um, takes us into our topic for tonight, which is so the topic is listed as Are You Ready? And I have quotes around ready, right? Um, and it's because I came across this post, y'all, um, and I'm gonna admit this now because y'all know I'm transparent and I don't mind, I don't mind y'all telling on me, um, or being mad at me about doing something different that I used to do. So I know that for the show, I really used to do a good job of posting like at least a meme or something along the lines of like to like promo the show. Um, and I have not been doing that. And I thought I was getting back to it this week. and <laughs> I just did not because I was going to repost this here. But it says, ready is not a feeling, it's a decision. 
it's anonymous. There's no one. It's like no credit on there at all. But so I like to give credit where it's due. But um, that that hit me like a ton of bricks when I first saw that. Like, child, what you talking? Because it all that just that alone of asking ourselves, like, are we? Am I ready? Like, you know, am I ready to even try to do this? Am I ready to think about doing that? Um, am I ready to let go of this? Right? Just all these different areas, all these, I keep saying, all these corners of a circle where we're supposed to be letting go or, you know, getting ready for, you know, something that we feel as though that it's, it's a feeling. So that is a fit, as in, if it's a feeling, then we're waiting for it to happen upon us. When in all actuality, according to this post that I totally agree with, um, is that it's a decision. You choose to be ready. And then because it's not a feeling and, a, and rather a choice or a decision that you're making, then it's once you've made that decision, then I think that's when the process of you, the preparation process begins, right? That That's when it commences. So it's just like, you know. It's ultimately just deciding that you want something different for yourself. How about that? Whether it be job, whether it be relocation, whether it be ending a relationship, getting in a relationship, Mm -hmm. whatever it is, it's like you get to a point where it's like, I don't want this to be my story anymore. I don't want this to be Mm -hmm. what I'm doing anymore. And even if you haven't figured it out, one of two things is going to happen. Either you're going to start doing research or some people dive right in just because they're just done with it. And so I'm, I definitely am a person that dives. (laughs) I think almost every major decision I've ever made was a dive. It wasn't, (laughs) it wasn't a plan. I just kind of be like, this don't feel right no more. (laughs) The probably the most strategic thing that I have done is because I usually like to make sure that I am financially at least somewhat secure Mm -hmm. because I know that I'm not good with saving. Mm -hmm. And that's been kind of my history of always living in a place of struggle and not feeling like I could, that I never wanted to leave a job until I had another one. So like that was the most secure thing that I would do, which I learned very young, like don't quit a job if you don't have no job because you don't know where you get done. And so every single time, well, I've had a lot of jobs. I've had I've had 17 jobs, right? Okay, yes, counting. Okay. Listen, I love to count. I'm a, I'm a weird, I'm a little numbers person also. Me so like, so. Like yeah, that's okay. Trust and me. time stuff, like it's weird. Like I love it. I love it. <laughs> they be like, did you really? I'd be like, um, I know you called me at 1222 yesterday. <laughs> or I'd be like, you said you was going to call me back in seven minutes, but it's been 12. Like, and that was me, especially when I was like a kid, like when my friends would be like, I'm going to call you back. And then I'm timing them, sitting there, watching the clock. Oh my literally. And then they call me back. Or if they don't call back, then I would call back like a few hours later. Like, you said you was going to come back in 20 minutes. It's been 45 minutes. <laughs> and I can't even address it. I'd be like, let me get my time. Like, I'm like, oh like now with the cell phones of course from high I gotta have cell phone eighth grade graduation so now I got documented times like I used to look at the tv look at the time when it I'll be on the phone let me call you back in like 20 minutes I look at the tv like all right it's 8 40 at nine (laughs) o'clock 
Yeah. It was bad, girl. But I, I've learned to not speak on those things, even mm-hmm. though I do pay attention. Like now it's just so it's just so intertwined in my right. routine that I don't even think about it. But I was going somewhere with that. <laughs> I said it, it was you got there for me because that was good. Like that was good all by itself. Like I get it. But, I'm, I'm a numbers person. But what did you say before I started talking? Jasmine, please always be that. I don't know. <laughs> Why would you never know? Oh my goodness. It was a connection that I was it was a big one. Let me talk uh Jasmine, please. I don't know. <laughs> hey, oh, 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 oh. Being ready. Being ready. Okay. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. So yeah. And so other than me switching jobs, that's the most secure thing I ever did. But like even like moving out on my own, like got my first text refund and I was like this is it right <laughs> this is big life plus <laughs> some money so I can get out of here <laughs> no that's real life that's real talk yes like we had to learn from that like oh this this can go and like no time right. oh right. okay because mm-hmm. <clears throat> I can spend some money now if I get a good amount of money in my hands, girl. Back in the day, oh my! Refund checks at Morgan, girl. Oh, they couldn't tell me nothing. And I, now I will say, what I did do, I it's the only thing I can kind of pat my not kind of I can pat myself on the back about like refund checks and like you said, like uh, tax refunds and all that. So those, like, it would be like, oh, I'm swimming in money, but I, oh, that's when I made my big decision. So that's when I got, you know, my first apartments or first car or, you know, just big deal. Like, okay, I can get myself. I don't know. I'm trying to think of probably like a third thing. It was just like big that you know, it was just like, all right, you know, I can do these things. I can jump out and do this. And I love that. I could be like, hey, I can pay my rent up in a couple, you know, I can pay you a couple months. I can you yep. know, pay, you yep. know, utilities a couple months ahead. Yep. Like, so that way these checks that I'm getting, you know, they're yep. mine. Like, so it's like only if I had, like you said, if I was better at, especially at that age um, and making like the money I was making at a young age, like if I was, if I learned to and was taught to save, Lord have mercy. Yeah. And I, and I will be out of, we would be, we would be, baby. that's the thing about living in survival mode. It can, it can, it, you literally almost just surviving. Yeah. You might be doing well. But think about all the people that don't have to do what we did. Right. Like all of these major decisions got made when we had a surplus of money. Most of my apartment, like you, I don't think usually every time I moved was either a refund check from Morgan or a refund check from Texas. One of the two. Uh Every time I got a car, it was either a refund check from Texas or a refund check from Morgan. Except for like two cars I was actually proud of myself I did not use uh that was actually just regular money but even still it wasn't a saved up money it was a oh I just got paid exactly, let me go put right. this down payment right. and so like maybe my other bills are already paid so I'm gonna use mm-hmm. this whole mm-hmm. check mm-hmm. <laughs> just I can just jump and do this not right. oh, I saved up to it I you know planned it out and but right and it's like it's crazy because in any other corner of my life like I'm I'm a planner like I can plan at least even if I failed to plan like I can you know plan and plan pretty fairly and even execute but there it's just like when you really are not taught and do not know so that's what that's the struggle <laughs> the struggle part of the struggle uh or the struggle of survival let's put that um that when you like it's just like when I tell people like people be like oh they didn't ask well well if someone doesn't know they can't ask so if I have never met you Jasmine I could never ask to check 
you know, I couldn't ask, you know, our producer Marty, but like, hey, Marty, how's jazz? Like, I know Reggie, right? So literally out of sight, out of mind. And so it's the same thing as far as like concepts and, and life, you know, skills that, you know, if I'm not taught them, I really don't know the questions to ask. I don't know the research to start to get. And I know I even operate that sometimes. And I think that's where my, not, I don't want to use the word stigma, but something like that. I think that's where my stigma mm-hmm. comes, where I always salute you for jazz being somebody that will, you know, get on YouTube and look up something and kind of just research and all that. Like, but there are plenty of y'all, like plenty of people that be like, oh yeah, hop on, you know, we all go to YouTube University and, you know, yeah. look this up and read and I, I learned this and learned that. And I'm like, me still hearing this and knowing this and seeing the fruits of it from so many different people of y'all of just that have learned things. I still, it's something about that, that that's, that's deep rooted. So that's why I say to you again, my lovely people, the folks that know for sure, and I'm just specifically speak to you that know for sure that you are the person designated in your family to break the generational curses, to be that example that those chains and, and, and shackles of, you know, different things that just were not helpful uh, for your family, as the progression of your family, if you know that you are the person to be those, to loose those shackles and those chains um, and to to move forward without those, um, you have to identify those actual generational curses. You can't just use, and it's something I said earlier in our conversation, Jez, that it, is you can't, we utilize the term so loosely now, which I can accept to a certain extent because it helps us to get into the conversations that we should be having anyway. Any, any conversation around generational curse kind of takes you into a place that we should be, you know, delving into and we should be developing and and molding and and speaking around. But it's it just because just because we're speaking around it, you can't just speak around a generational curse. You have to identify mm-hmm. it. So I want to go back just a second and reminds me of something I wanted to say earlier that you said, Jazz, is that the, just really to commend you and to give you like big old kudos for identifying the fact that you said that there are uh, curses within your family that um, are directly related to behavior, like they're behavioral. So for those of you that are working to or even about to, that I really hope that you are at least about to, uh, if you have never, or if you haven't visited that list of generational curses in a while, even if you just have one, whatever the case may be, um, but to be very clear about the generational curses that um, are within your family or families because a lot of, we, we all really come from blended families anyway somehow some way shape or form and so um, where there are different lines and strands and lineage and so generations you know from all different angles and just the mix-ups right um, and a lot of a lot of them turned into mess-ups but you know that's right. the end of there um, and so you know to identify that and to keep that in mind as you are identifying those generational curses to definitely take heed to the fact that they don't all look the same, that they can be behavioral, they can be mental, they can be physical, they can be emotional, they can be spiritual, they can be, I mean, you name it, they can be anything. And that's the point of identifying them. And you might find someone else that, you know, can relate to them. Be like, oh, wow, that's in my family too. Right. But but still, that's still the thing. And because it helps you to keep in mind a lot of people that are still, you know, fighting to learn their purpose and find themselves. And so that's a good place to start because that is going to like inevitably walk you into the idea of what you are here to do. The generational Mm -hmm. curse that you are that you are in place to break 
you know, to break the mm-hmm. mold on that, that, you know, as you identify this behavioral, spiritual, emotional, or whatever old, you know, generational curse that then it helps you to realize like, okay, that I have this on me in my family. Again, those are the people that you are blood related to. And then right. you think about how you interact with all these other entities around you, friends and coworkers and colleagues and this and that, and just bystanders. And, you know, don't think about the different relationships that you hold, have and all of that. So just keep that in mind that as you are working to identify the generational curses that you are in place to break, keep in mind that they can look like just about anything. That's what could scare you a little bit, but um, it's not for you to be scared um, of it. It is to help to bring awareness to it in order for you to acknowledge it um, and to work on, you know, your, your plan of action and, and mm-hmm. how to build yourself up when you're meditating and praying and, and strengthening and encouraging yourself. What areas of yourself do you need to strengthen in order for you to be able to, you know, to fight, you know, the battle against this generational curse and things like that. So mm-hmm. just, I had to bring um, light to that part that I really appreciate you, Jasmine, of um, mentioning that, you know, it, it was behavioral. Like that's, that's so powerful. Like for somebody like me, that is, I could, I can't believe I forgot to say that, but yeah, so. You're welcome. <laughs> I appreciate you for that. So, um, <laughs> uh, I got a couple questions. Um, so when we're talking about ready, right. And ready again, being a decision and not a feeling, um, I, for me, that changed the game as far as certain questions we would ask, you know, just in passing by just people, just, I'm never good at small talk. I will admit that. I think I need to start saying that more often because I find myself in situations and be like, Oh God, this is small talk, isn't it? I don't know how to do this. I don't like this. And so I'm just not good at it. I don't like doing it, but I'm, I think I've mastered it. Good, good for you. I am not. I am not. People I tell people so much. And now that I'm like more leaning into my depths. Yeah. Yeah. I don't like it as much. And I noticed that some people do it. And I noticed that when some people do it, they didn't even hear everything you said. They just heard a portion of it. And then they'll comment on that. Right. And now that makes me annoyed because it's like, Dad, we already doing small talk. But right? <laughs> <laughs> you can at least listen to the small talk. <laughs> it's kind of like you just want this conversation to be over, over anyway. Right, so right. Like in a gap, like a social setting, you know, mm-hmm. when you go like somewhere and you start talking to somebody, and you could tell like they're like, okay, this is done. Right. <laughs> 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 You should have said, hold on, why are you asking me how I'm doing if you really just wanted to, good. Right. Exactly. Oh, I was talking about that this morning. Oh my goodness, right. Exactly that. I said, people are never really, if we're really truthful, most people, unfortunately, um, are never really prepared for you to say something, um, what's the word? It's something off script. Right. They're looking for you to, you know, in passing by or even someone that you're close, you know, a lot of yeah. times, unless you like you, and I really think kudos to you saying, I think you said exploring your depths or that you're working yeah. on. I love that. That's good. Um, and so as we are exploring our depths, that is so good to me. Um, that you know, we we understand to be able to ask, like, hey, you know, how are you? Like, you know, somebody yeah. that's a hearty, you know, how are you? And just mm-hmm. knowing that I'm I'm showing up and I'm present to hear however you actually are. But in passing right. by if someone that doesn't care, it's just like, mm-hmm. oh, hey, how are you? You hold me, well, oh, I'm okay. But if I say I'm not, I am falling apart. 
And we're at the water cooler. You're just like, oh, okay. Oh, okay. Wow. You just, so you're falling apart, huh? Yeah. Some people might say, oh, I'll pray for you. Right. Well, it's oh, like, oh, you that. Right, 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 right. It's like, okay, thanks. But so, but also remembering that on our, on our healing journeys and all, um, is that it's also for us to get to a place where we're not easily offended by the fact that, you know, because I will say that I got to a place of understanding that I don't expect everyone Mm -hmm. (coughs) I do not expect everyone to show up for me the way that I show up for people because it's not each and every person that I come across or even any other it's not everyone's task to cover the masses like I know that I have inside of me it is for me and like predestined for me to just cover masses like I know that right and so it's like just the same way of if you know, uh, person A helps you, uh, no, I'm sorry, if you help person A, rather, it may not necessarily mean that you get, if when you need help, whether in that moment or later, that you get the help or support from person A, you might rather, you might end up getting that support and more than likely getting that support from person B. You know, it just, it's just how it happens. And so it's the idea of, go back to my notes, y'all, that um, when we get around to thinking about ready, it's uh, so the questions for all of you out there. And so just feel free to answer these or just even just to hear these as rhetorical questions that I have um, around ready. But the first being, you know, what are you ready for? Since hmm. we know that it's not a feeling, but a decision. <clears throat> I am ready. Well. I feel like I'm ready for so much now. Okay, listen, I love it though. See, that's but I, I wasn't always this way. And so like, one of the things, I'm ready to speak mm-hmm. and I'm ready to be okay with not being accepted by everybody, mm-hmm. which was something that held me back for a long time because as I am, I do like to say that I'm a Libra. Libras like to be liked, right? And it really hurts us when we're not just because we move out of a place of so much care and consideration because we care about people. <laughs> so when people don't like us, it's like in our minds, we're like, what? Oh, like me. Oh, right. Why I can't? <laughs> right. Gotcha. I hear you. Uh-huh. But, you know, I'm finally at a place where, you know, some of my views won't be agreed with. And some people just won't like the messenger just because I'm not the messenger that they connect with. And it may not have anything to do with me. They can't connect with me and therefore they won't. And so accepting that, but also understanding that there are people that I connect with. And I think that I am finally ready to really speak to those people. And so all of this time and this entrepreneur journey, um, there was, there always have been bigger things like past the t-shirts, you know? And so one of the things that I told one of my uh, friends before I started the t-shirts is that, you know, I really like how this self-love is making me feel. I really am like embracing me, celebrating me, and I want other people to feel like this. And maybe this will work towards me getting my words together for being more comfortable with speaking on certain things. And maybe it's for me to get more comfortable with writing. And and it has gotten me more comfortable with both things. Yeah. I was always a person that was scared to be 
invalidated or told that I was wrong or whatever because I, I've experienced that a lot okay. in my life. And so because I've experienced that a lot, it, it's hard for me to even speak about certain things. And if I do, um, what, especially before, it was a thing where it would just make me cower and it just be like, all right, I, I'm just not going to talk about it no more, you know, or I'm just not going to talk about it with these people because I don't want them to look at me a certain way. Mm-hmm. And so breaking through that now as I'm starting to get like on your podcast and now I'm on my podcast with another person. And so all this time I've been working and working and working on this ability and plenty of times I got on Instagram and posted my videos and said, I'm going to start posting more videos. And I never did because it was a thing where it was like, unless I felt something called to say, I was too choked up to even do one. Mm -hmm. And so just as I leaned in a direction of stepping more into the unknown and stepping more into a place of discovery and stepping more into a place of creativity and stepping more into a place of faith, um, I feel like I've gotten to a place now where while these were long-term goals, I wasn't ready for it yet. And so sometimes you might, you can absolutely set a goal that you're not ready to achieve because if you don't even set the goal, you're probably not going to do it. If you don't start taking those steps in that direction, you probably aren't going to do it. It's easy to not do it because you already been not doing it. No, really, yes. In a place of comfortability. And so you have to step out of your comfort zone to fully grow. If you don't stay, if you stay in your comfort zone, then you might see things that you want to step on. But if you don't step on it, then you won't sometimes. Yeah, that's good. Let me tell you why. One, that's just good, right? It's good all by itself. Two, uh, because like I said, I had like a couple of questions and literally like you ran through them in such an eloquent way because, and I'm going to share the questions still because these are things that I want you as the listeners and the viewers um, to reflect on, um, you know, as you watch this live and then catch and share the show and catch the replay and all of that, um, that um, I I really want uh, each of you just to, not just to, because I don't want to diminish it, but I want you to work on this because it is a big deal. And I'll tell you why it's a big deal. Um, because for me, if I was to answer any of these questions, at least just for the initial questions, what am I ready for? Anything that came to mind is something that I'm, I have to make the decision on because now that this has floored me that ready is not a feeling. So I'm waiting to feel ready to do and to walk in the next steps and the things that I feel. And that's not what it is. It's the, me deciding, you know, and still the work, the inner work to be brought to a place. And I'm always yielding to the spirit. So just the, the spirit of God that would lead me and guide me. Um, and still, though, I still have to show up, though. I have to show up and be present there and to decide, like, I'm, I'm ready for this. All right, I see you taking me this way. All right, let's do it, right? Um, and so, but the other questions, so Jez talked about just like her spirituality and just different things that she, so the other question, what that answered for me was, what brings you to that point? Because of course you are deciding to be ready. And so she talked about that. And then she also talked about just um, this third question that I had, which is now, what are you doing to prepare? Like you literally touched on each of those pieces of what you're ready for, uh, what brings you to that point, and then now what are you doing to prepare for that? And so I just appreciate of just how you 
um, annihilated in such a good one way. Of the, like actually, friends. I have one other thing that I did. Literally, my self-love journal is an outline of everything that I I did to get me uh, to this point. And so like some of the activities in there is more purpose-driven or just thinking, getting more in touch with yourself on a deeper level. And so while that was the physical steps that I did to take towards like my entrepreneurship journey, before I got to that point, I started doing some of the things that I did and that I put in the journal. Then even while I was in that point, I was still doing things that are in the journal. Even in right now, I'm still doing things that are in the journal. And so it was never a thing where it was like, I did this before and then I stopped. Like, that's what I, where I started. But it's always a thing where you still have to continue to do it. And so I started focusing on myself more and started focusing on my passions and the things that brought me joy and all of that in the beginning of 2019. What year is this? The end of 2021? So the beginning of 2019 is like when I started doing little things. Then I have a job that I decided no longer aligned with where I was at. Now, I'm gonna interrupt you right there because I really want to. I want to explore that. That's good. The start and the continue. Please don't forget. Remember, you said job, right? (laughs) Because I wrote wrote it down. We're gonna go on a commercial break, and when we come right back, I want to jump straight back into that. Okay, so y'all, we'll be right back. always been an open book and it was time to write the story that God has been preparing me to share. Dear Tombstone is a glimpse into all of the hardest things that I've dealt with and that were sent to kill me, deter me, and delay me from fulfilling my purpose that God has set over my life. is a journey down memory lane for me, but hopefully it encourages you to tell your story. It's now available on Amazon. can train and certify over 10,000 students in 10 years. We can renovate over 10,000 houses in 10 years. This is the Inner City Trade School Project sponsored by Get With The Program. It's our time and it's our turn. I feel like once we address once we address the needs of the students, we can ensure that they'll be successful in the program. The main idea is to know the safety of the program. And Do Black Lives Matter? Yes. yes. We're going to show you how much Black Lives Matter because we have a solution to the problems. This school will help change the mindset of our young Black men. And that's what we're trying to do, bring pride back to our community. Substitute anger management, um, mental health. So here at the Inner City Trade School, that's what we're uh, trying to build. That's what we're trying to create environment for our people to thrive.
of just people talking themselves out of even just certain jobs that they'll apply for. And that's something that I've seen a lot, which is why I actually used to want to go into workforce development, which I do still get later down the line. But <sighs> workforce development and like staffing like was a thing. So I meant to tell you that yesterday, but I didn't want to interrupt you. No, that's when okay. you wanted to start a staffing agency, that was one of my idea like literally I had so many interests that my mind I could really go in any direction but certain things I would rather do with a team of people starting out like before I even do it like I want to get a board I want to get yeah. you know go through all of the proper channels to pull That's that up good. but yes. I know a lot of people and like I said I have seven I have had 17 jobs now not all of them were full-time jobs because most of the time I had two two jobs at a time. And so I had a full-time job and a part-time job. And the part-time jobs, I was a little bit more careless with mm -hmm. of me saying, uh, this is not my full-time job. Right. I'm not right. about this. Soon as they started to get on my nerves, I was like, all right, got to go. Right. Gotta go. Really, yeah. You don't need no two weeks notice. I got to go. Yeah. <laughs> like, I still gave them two weeks notice. <laughs> Because I need that reference. Okay. <laughs> so right right here. Here. okay. You're going to say all the right stuff for me, honey. But even still, I know a lot of people who have interest in certain things and they're like, oh, no, I can't. I can't apply for that job. I wouldn't get that job. And even with some of the jobs that I've had, because I have worked at a lot of re respectable organizations or companies. And so it's, it's, not it's notarized. Well, not notarized. What's the word I want? What? Accredited? What? What do you? It, people know it, basically. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. So, people know it just when they see it on my resume. And so even when I got some of those jobs, people were like, oh, how do you get that job? I was like, I apply. Right. I said, okay. I walked in. I sat down. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> they were like, oh, for real? I didn't Right. And I did this at that place too. Like right. I, I did right. right. <laughs> when I started substitute teaching. And so I think that's one of the things too that some people don't even know what is accessible to them. Mm. And so therefore they don't even try. And so that would be a big step into trying things you're not ready for. Now for me, I went from retail to human services so gotcha. my last retail job was new york and company okay. when i was like 19 uh -huh. well i was about to turn 19 and then my next job was substitute teaching and so when i started substitute teaching people were like how you get that oh what and i'm like actually you don't even have to have a college degree to be a substitute teacher right you just have to have a high school diploma and no criminal background right now that was in 2009 so I think some things have changed, but I don't think that you need a college degree for Baltimore County. Okay, okay. And Baltimore City is a little bit different. But for Baltimore County, you did not have to have a college degree. You did not have to have college credits. You just had to have a high school diploma. Yeah. And so they pay you a daily rate. Mm -hmm. And so from that experience of me continuously working at being a substitute teacher, even though I wasn't at one specific school all the time I did it for a good amount of time and then I was working at a nursing home part-time at the same time so I was really fluffing up that human service yeah. while still in school so I wasn't even I wasn't graduated yet at, at wow. that time wow That's and then 
from there, I went on a wave throughout education yeah. after getting my degree. And then I crossed over to social services. Mm -hmm. And so when I did that, my goal was to become a social worker. So I wanted to have experience okay. in that in that audience because I never had worked in that environment before. It was only education. Yeah. But either way, one could say, oh, you're not going to get a job as a case manager. You never did a case manager job. But people forget that about those transferable skills, which make a big difference. And so if you got customer service experience, any job that you apply to centered around customer, the customer experience, you would probably still be looked at. You know, you don't have to you don't have to yeah. just stay at a restaurant right. if you want to get and you don't have to stay at a store. Mm -hmm. And so at a certain point, you got to say, hey, I'm done with retail. I'm done with food industry. I want to do something different. And and just search, you know, like I'm big on that. I'm big on research, like you said earlier with uh -huh. YouTube. So, I mean, my degree is in research. So, like, <laughs> right. Okay. right. Duh. Yes. I'm used to doing that. Yeah. <laughs> Hats off to you. Like, <laughs> had to, but I always, always fought it and hated it. But um, that was also just me not trusting or embracing the process. But so many good things that you said because um, what you, as you were walking through your, um, I, I would say employment career, uh, for, for lack mm -hmm. of better terms, I'm trying to think of a better way to describe it, but just walking through your different experiences, excuse me, um, the biggest piece that jumps out to me is that you, what you just said actually is that um, so many, there are so many transferable um, skills. And so I think about that um, as far as for each of us out here on our, you know, our healing journeys, our self-love and self-care journeys, just all of those things intertwine because um, as again, as we think about deposits and different deposits, even when you said where people were questioning, um, of like, you know, how'd you get that? It's just like, well, you know, again, like I applied and it's because I all, not just applied for this position, but you applied yourself. Come on, somebody like, you know, applied yourself, you know what I mean? Right. Like that, that, that uh, I was waiting to say that one, like, mm -hmm. um, that that's a, another example of how, uh, you know, that someone decides that they're ready. It says, you know what? Because I've been that person. And even though this is the, the last show that I'm thinking about, but that one, and as I was coming from one organization and going to that one, um, that even though, again, leaving that when it became a burden, that it was such a blessing when it first came to me. It was like double, literally double my salary that I was making beforehand. So, and I had prayed. It was a prayer. I'd forgotten about it. But I said, Lord, you know, if you could just... <laughs> God is so funny that, um, at least with me, that um, before I had taken this last job that I had prayed at some time ago that it was just like, you know, God, I'll do whatever it is that you have, you know, in mind and in store for me. Um, just, you know, the jobs that I've worked have always worked like a career level type job, even when I was just, you know, in high school and just just fresh out of college in the Senate third. So I've always had to put my, you know, my thoughts and, you know, my skills to action and, um you know, I'm tired. Like, you know, I got to do so much. I'm in school and I'm doing this and all that. So I remember thinking and praying like, you know, let me just get a job that's just easy work. So I can just almost do with my eyes closed, but let it pay me good, you know, but, and that's what I ended up getting. And so I say that to say, again, even though that was that job, I almost, well, really had talked myself out of it. Someone had given me the the job description, all of that and the job post. And I'm just like, ah, 
child, I ain't got no experience over there, please. I ain't doing that. And then not considering these transferable skills. Then I was never good, especially back then, like of how I still wasn't like good at selling myself. Like not like that, but listen, mama had to. I'm moving on. But <laughs> you know, just like marketing myself. Like I was just never good at I was always this person that's like, you know. I want you to buy into me. The buy-in process is so important to me. I want you yeah. to buy into me and I'm going to be present. I'm going to show up and I'm, I'm looking for you to buy into me so that way you get to the place where you just decide to trust me and let and allow me to show up and show you that I'm good at whatever it is that I'm applying to do or that we're talking about that you're expecting me to do. And that's always seemed to work for me. I know it's the same thing as, like, as far as like people say like they still procrastinate because they got away with procrastinating. Like it's got yeah. nothing. Um, so I still have to work on like marketing myself and and it's in my my uh delve into this journey of entrepreneurship that's really forcing me to do that um and to familiarize myself with that process and pulling me far out of my comfort zone um but either who and so a lot of other things that you said where you were talking about um i had to, literally I had to make notes on so i'm reading from um that you talked about your passions and so it's something uh, major to me that I always find myself talking about or getting around to mentioning is that um, it was important. It's important to pull out the fact that you said that you found that you had one passion and then you found that you had another one and yet you still feel like felt unfulfilled. Um, and so it's important for each of you to understand that you, it is okay to have your passion. And like, even like Jazz um, shared that she had more than one passion and that's okay. The thing is though, you're not fighting and to fighting to find out and fighting to learn and to familiarize yourself with fulfilling your passion. You're actually, you're fighting to do all of that for your purpose, right? So your passion can, even as many as you may have, or even that one that you're very passionate about can still let leave you feeling unfulfilled because you still need purpose because you have it. It's about you fulfilling that purpose. Hey, Sherry. Oh, and we love you too. My dad say love you. Um, hey, Sherry girl. It's um, so because I think more than anything, I felt burnt out mm-hmm. because it was like, mm-hmm. it was my passion to help people, but I wasn't fulfilling it in the way that I wanted to. And yeah. so I do understand that those experiences definitely were for my benefit for my growth and that I needed to be in those places when I needed to be in them so that I could learn what I needed to learn. I think the key is, is that sometimes people stay stuck in those environments and not realizing that they've outgrown it and you were only meant to be there for a certain time and maybe not in 25 years, you know? (laughs) Really, really. And and it's just, it's for, that's why I said even earlier about that, the timing, it's important to keep in mind that timing is out of our control and out of our hands. And as, as believers, when we say like that, we yield to God's timing um, and and trust in his timing is that it really is just that because it could be when we talk about seasons of our lives, the season could be a day, you know, a minute, or it could be a God's minute, you know, people say a New York minute, like it could be, you know, all of those things in between. And so either way, it's just to work on ourselves in the moment and to be present in the moment and find out what it is, even each brand new day you as you meditate as you pray as you read your word or whatever it is that you find yourself doing to either prepare yourself for the day or to unwind from the day um, or to get you through your day is be sure to seek 
what it is that you are to fulfill within that day alone. That that enough is good because even just back to the point of what of of what Jazz just stated, but also even to the point around like passion, not passion versus purpose, but something like that. Passion versus purpose is that I meant uh, she mentioned earlier that she was as she was exploring her passions and still like finding uh, or. Uh, trucking toward her purpose is that she even found herself in a place surrounded by folks that were content with it. Did you mention about like your schedules and so you were content with it. But as we know, before we get out of here, one major thing for you all, each of you to take away um, is that the goal is to satisfy the calling over your life. We all have, you were, you were made with purpose in mind. You were made intentionally. You were not made by accident. I know that, you know, a lot of us and we hear about, you know, like how, you know, our parents made a, I don't know, was Casamigos something back then? I don't know, whatever it is they were sipping back in the day, like whatever. Like there are some of us that are made from that. There are some of us that some of our parents were, you know, smoking stuff, They would, whatever. Like, so of course we get that there are just totally different scenarios, too many to mention or to explore, especially not now that as we're um, closing out the show for this week, but just to consider that, you know, no matter what your physical being um, and how you came about physically, that your spirit, your creation, the molding of you was intentional. You came from a place far beyond this place. And so once you were brought here, it was like hit the ground running because you were already placed here with everything that you need with inside of you. Because again, the goal is to fulfill the calling over your life because you were made with purpose in mind, because you were made intentionally, because you were made to do something, to pour back into this place that we want to see as a lost cause, but it is not. So you have work to do. It is on you to decide whether or not you are ready And it's not to force yourself, but to make that decision and then to show up and to be present in that moment once you make that decision. Got it? Everybody good? All right. Hope y'all got that. Those are some good stuff, man. Jazz, thank you again, as always, for being on here. I appreciate your insight so much. I appreciate your experience. I appreciate your journey. Um, And thank you just for allowing us here on the Beams to be a part of your journey. You just sharing the wealth of knowledge that you have. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. All right, y'all. Until next time, man, be the mix that you are. Embrace that. I love you and I mean it. Till next week. Peace. Thank you.